Well, hello everyone. Tim Kiefer, MIBTOnline.com. It's been a couple months since we've been here. A lot of football has happened. A lot of uh, people have worked state championship games, playoffs. There's been college bowl games. The NFL is still going on. They're still trying to figure out what they're going to do. But nonetheless, we're back here to start off 2020 with our first off-season meeting that we're going to have that we do here right here at MIBTOnline.com. Like once again, I'm uh, Tim Kiefer, and normally we, uh, we have a whole staff of people that joins us, and uh, unfortunately, we were, uh, the, this, one of the services that we used to, to do that changed their, their platform yesterday, so we're having a little bit of difficulty getting everybody in, but don't worry, as we move forward, we're going to get that iron out, and we'll uh, be able to bring more than uh, just uh, our, our current expert in. We'll be able to bring as many people in as we can. We can fit in the, in the chat room, as they say, or in the video room. But for right now, tonight, we're going to welcome in. He, uh, you know him. You love him. His name is on our DVD, our video. His name is Bill Lamagne. He's an ESPN rules expert, and he was doing a lot of work over the uh, bowl season, and he's with us all the time. He's, we call him our guy. But Bill, how are you doing today, Bill? Thanks for being here. Well, as always, I say, life is good. Good to be here. Great opportunity to talk some football, especially at the national championship just wrapping up and uh, just a little bit more football to go in the NFL. Exactly. So uh, it's time to get our brains back in. I know that the uh, National Federation had their big meeting yesterday and the day before in Indianapolis to try to figure out what new rules are going to come in high school as we move forward. Now, just to kind of remind everybody, this is what, what we do here. We're going to have uh, these off-season meetings once a month. And uh, if you're a member, you have full access to it. Tonight's our free preview night, so a lot of people might be watching this or see it later that are, are not members. But we encourage you to join MIBTOnline.com. If you're watching on the preview page, you can click to subscribe right away. And what that'll do is it'll give you access to all these meetings, all of our past meetings and clinics and whatnot. And how it's going to kind of run, like I said, we're going to do a, once a, one meeting a month until about July. And then when the, we call them, those are off-season meetings. And we have preseason meetings. We have a clinic. We do a four-hour clinic, which is usually a certified clinic with the Illinois High School Association. We're trying to work on getting other states involved as well. So that way you can learn football from the comfort of your own home. Heck, on your, uh, on your phone, on your tablet, whatever you might uh, have to watch our live streaming meetings or on demand. It's all about the education. It's about getting the word out, and it's about learning and continuing to be better officials, not only for, you know, for us to, to be better, but for the kids and the, and the people involved in the game. We want to do our best. We want to always strive to, to get better and get great at this crap. That, that's our whole goal. So... Tonight, now most of the time we do focus here on the high school game. You know, there's a lot of stuff. The college guys have a, have a lot of stuff going on. But, you know, with this being kind of an off-season thing, what we, we kind of do is we, we, we definitely want to, you know, keep it fun. And there's a lot of things that happened over the last couple of weeks in college football and the bowl games. And so we're going to try to apply high school rules to like this stuff. And I know a lot of times people want to, they want to see that high school stuff. And we do have plenty of high school film that we're going to get to, but we've got Bill with us. Bill was at a couple of these games. There's a lot of things we can learn in, at the high school game, or if you're a college official as well, you can learn from these plays that, that happen in, in the discussion that we're going to have. We do have the chat room going on right now. I see we've got some people in there. Uh, Stan's asking if we have any info on new rules. No, I don't. I'm going to hopefully get some information on that for next month. We'll get a little preview as to what we might expect uh, coming out in the high school game, things that they may change. And uh, we also have the text. So we have the text available. You can text uh, 844-437-4345. I can see the text here. In fact, uh, somebody just already texted and said, Hi, Alex. I'm, I'm sure Alex has a fan club because we've got Alex over here who's working the controls. Alex, it's great when, when our, our technician guy's got a fan club out there and everybody knows it. So Alex, is, uh, we thank him for all his work. He's back with us. He was with us all last season, did a great job. I assume he's going to do a good job this season as well. But then again, who knows? You know, he's a college kid. He might get a better job and say, screw you, MIBT online. But nonetheless, we're going to, uh, we're going to jump in uh, to our program tonight. Like I said, text, chat. Uh, I want to say hi to Mike Billica. He's in the chat room. Stan Brown, they're normally with us. Like I said, I apologize for 
some of the technical thing with the, this new, new platform that our, our service was using. We're going to figure it all out. We'll bring them all in next time. But we got Bill, and you know, Robert's out there too, Robert Yabarro. So we got Bill with us. So, Bill, we're going to start out. Um, this is a game that you were at. I actually was at this game as well. This is a Fiesta Bowl. And uh, I didn't have the same uh, vantage point as you did. You know, you had a nice 50-yard uh, line seat, right, with all these monitors. I was, I was a little bit in the end zone in the corner. But nonetheless, it's great to be a, an official in the stands and, and, say, and see it and call it from the stands. Because you know what? I've never missed a call from the stands. I don't know about anybody out there, but I am 100% while well, I'm in the stands when it, may, when, it, when it comes to making calls. But this was a big call in this game, and I know it, it created a, a lot of controversy. So um, this was in the uh, third quarter. It was Ohio State was down, and uh, Clemson had the ball deep in Ohio State in their own territory, and they were going out, and Ohio State is on defense. So let's go wide on the play, and we're going to take a look at this. You can see the quarterback drops back. We've got... Potential catch, no catch. We've got a bag on the ground. You're going to get a lot of views of this. This is run back for a touchdown. You're going to get numerous views of this play. So you're going to see here, you know, what kind of is he, does he bring it in? Does he not? Does he not? Is the ball out? You know, we got lots of things going on here. You're going to get, you're going to get another view. Uh, we got plenty of, you know, and the nice thing about these, you know, BCS games and, and I'm sure Bill can attest to this. They got plenty of cameras here so we can break down this play in, in any which way we can look at it, you know, back and forth. Here we go, this and that. And there's so many angles. It's like sometimes it's almost information overload, you know, catch, no catch. So I'm going to stop it right now. I'm going to bring Bill in. Bill, you were, you were on this game. You actually got to uh, come on the broadcast and talk about this call specifically so, you, you made your comments on the air. Maybe you want to re refresh people's memory of what you were, you were saying and what you saw on the film and what you saw there and how you reacted when you saw the, the play end up how it did. Well, obviously, catch versus incomplete pass, uh, catch fumble versus incomplete pass is a really controversial. It's been controversial for a number of years, and it's becoming more controversial the more cameras there are on a game. Our players today are, are more gifted, more skilled than ever before. Uh, but on this particular play, when it happened, the instant it happened, and I saw the official covering it for a fumble, my gut reaction was he didn't have it long enough. Uh, they brought me in. We looked at the, at the replays just like you're doing, and we looked at them in slow motion. And I commented on the air that we need to quit looking at it in slow motion. We need to look at it in regular speed. When we're talking about an upright receiver who's being contacted immediately or is going directly to the ground, we need to watch it. It's fine to look at it once or twice slow motion, but we need to look at it at regular speed. If that ball is in and out, then it's we want to go in complete pass. And my, my feeling on it is, and I still believe it, is that this is an incomplete pass. I, I'm probably in the minority on it. Uh, I mean, uh, it's about a 30-70 split on it, uh, but um, I'm thoroughly convinced uh, this receiver did not have the ball. And if this was in the end zone, it would have been one of the cheapest touchdowns you could call. So I I'm good with the replay reversal of an incomplete pass. So I want to go back. I want to go back to the uh, the video, uh, the full full screen of it, because Bill, you, you bring an excellent point up, and I'm going to. Play it at the beginning now, and I'm, I'm, this is not this is real time, you know, not slow motion or anything like that. So it's like boom, does he have it? Boom, balls out. I mean, that's like, I mean, we're talking a second, you know, maybe actually, even, yeah, actually maybe. less second. I put that in my computer, and where I have a hundredth of a second time bar, and from the time control started till the time the ball started to come loose. We were talking six tenths of a second. So I now, don't think that's the tip of a football. Well, right, and so then, now you start. Now we're going to go to this angle. We're going to go to the to the. It's an end zone shot, but we're walking through frame by frame. Oh, that's a catch! That's a catch! That's so a catch, because we're slow motion. Everything 
in slow motion looks like a catch. I mean, that looks like a catch. I mean, from that angle, you're, you're, you're seeing him. He brings it in. He does, he does he do a football move? But it's so deceiving. And I think a lot of times, you know, you'll go to, you'll go to a broadcast or something like that, or like you said, on, on 70, 30 or whatever, fans, even other, you know, other officials or whatever like that are saying that, that looks like a catch to me on the slow motion replay. And we had a clip um, on one of our other things that we did of John Gruden, you know, the, the, head, the co- head coach of the Oakland Raiders, and now the Las Vegas Raiders, whatever they are, Las Vegas Knights, whatever they are now. But he talked about slow motion replay and, and how that makes everything look like a catch. And so you would agree that this looks like a catch from that angle, but you go back to that first one, like you said, you time it, it's really not a catch. No, it, it, I guess that, and the other part is I'm very old school on it. You know, uh, years ago when half our games weren't on TV, when, uh, when they were on TV, they only had seven cameras and we used VHS tape. Uh, you couldn't prove me wrong. So the we officiate a lot more the philosophy of an incomplete pass. Today we got 25, 50 cameras on a major bowl game. Uh, all high definition. Officials have to be more technically correct. But at the same time, it's interesting because I talked to several different D1 supervisors. And I had one supervisor before uh, the next game we had the Rose Bowl say that he brought that play in to show his, the crew working the Rose Bowl. And he said to them, if this play happens in our game today, I want you to call it incomplete. It, I don't want this being a, a, a thing over, did he have it long enough? Did he make a football move? If it's in and out that quick, I want an incomplete pass called on the field. Now, I had another supervisor tell me that he didn't think there was enough video evidence to overturn it, but he wishes the officials on the field called it incomplete, that that would have been an easier call to justify. And the key thing on this one is, we need to be try and be consistent with our calls individually, and then we have to be consistent as a crew because you don't want this call to catch in a fumble on one side of the field and not on the other side of the field. It's an incomplete pass. So the, you're, you're going to be right more times than not with an incomplete pass call. Well, and I agree with that. And it, when I was at the game, on the jumbo, uh, jumbo screen, jumbotron, whatever you want to call it, they actually had the DV Sports – feed, which is what the replay official is looking at. And so, I, I mean, I was able to see exactly in the replay official going back and forth, back and forth, which was interesting. I'd never seen, had seen that in a stadium before like that. Obviously, most of the time I'm out on the field, but it was, it was an interesting perspective. And I know that my gut instinct at the game and watching it on the Jumbotron was that you're going to have a stance on this. In fact, I was there with my wife, and I, I said, I'm probably, they're probably going to come back. I said, this should have been an incomplete pass. You know, bang, bang. You know, my instinct said incomplete pass, watching it live, real time from, you know, the nosebleed section, of course. Never miss a call from the stance. But ultimately, I said, well, with the replay, they're probably going to come back as stands. And now, now I know, like, in high school, we don't have a lot of replay. And, and, and Stan from Alabama, I know they have uh, replay in Alabama and some other states. But... Would you, I mean, I know we wanted this to be an incomplete pass. And would you have been surprised or would you have, have been okay if they came back and said stands? Even though I know we would have wanted this as an incomplete pass in real time, do you think there was clear video evidence to say, yeah, that, that we're going to overturn this one? Yeah, I'd say there's enough video evidence watching it at regular speed to say incomplete. Uh, the arguments there, though, that it was was not indisputable video evidence. You know, the bottom line to it, and I, I think this is something, and I, I mentioned this to Rogers Reddings down at the championship game. I asked him, what's the latest statistic at replay for how many times a call is confirmed, a call is reversed, a call is stands? And I said, because there was a statistic out a couple of years ago that put stands at about a 60% rate. And I said, I don't think Stans is doing anything to to gain confidence in officiating. If it stands, you're saying, well, if this guy calls it an incomplete pass, it stands. If this guy calls it a fumble, catching a fumble, it stands. So I, 
We've done away with stands on targeting. Let's do away with stands on any call. Either the call's correct or the call needs to be reversed. Well, it's to me, it's that's we're getting to a point where stands is just, I think it's hurting the game. Yeah, and I, and I do think Stan from Alabama is hurting the game because you know, why is he – oh, wait. No, you're talking about the call Stan. Sorry. Sorry, Stan. Um, anyway, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that that's where we should be. It, it, it's either, you know, this – whether we have indisputable video evidence, you know, that was a, that's always been a big term. And, you know, it, it is or it isn't. And, and we're going to get to another call where, where you were like, it should be confirmed, which I thought was great. We'll get to that call in a minute. But I want to go to our next play. So moving on to the Rose Bowl. So – so, uh, Bill, real quick, though, as much as officiating experience as you had, worked national championship game, a bunch of Fiesta Bowls, you were involved in that, one of the best college football games I've ever seen in my life, that Oklahoma, uh, uh, Boise State game, uh, Fiesta Bowl, you never actually got to go to the Rose Bowl, being from the Big Ten, it just didn't work out. You got to go and uh, cover the Rose Bowl. Give us a little feel for how that experience was for you. Oh, it was, it was fantastic to finally get a chance to go out there. Um Obviously, a beautiful part of the country. A view from the press box over the San Gabriel Mountains. Beautiful day. Had time before the game to meet with the crew. And several of the guys on the crew are friends from clinics uh, over the years. So it was a really a great opportunity. Matter of fact, a couple of the coaches I knew out there, too. So uh, it, that was a fantastic opportunity, finally, to see the Rose Bowl. So let's go to the Rose Bowl. When there was one big play in the Rose Bowl, and you actually got to talk about this one on, on the air as well. We'll go wide. We're going to go wide on this play. And this was the. Uh, it was called an offensive pass interference uh, on it, and we'll we'll go run through it. It's at the bottom of your screen here. This was a big play. This is uh this is in the fourth quarter. Big play, potential first down, and then we had a OPI call. You're going to get a couple a uh, couple different looks at, at this. You've got you've got here, and, and here's the, the uh, I guess the back shot we'll say, and then you're gonna get one more look at it again, and another another kind of a I guess you're looking at the uh, what the field judge is looking at, and he's the one who called it, and you kind of get that that view on it. So going back to the the beginning of it, Bill, and we'll, we'll look at it one more time. I'm gonna stop it right there. Okay, so Bill. We're, we're looking at this, and I don't know if you can you can see it or not uh, at, at your end, but you can kind of see the the engagement here, and it looks like, you know, you know what exactly, you know, what is this enough of, you know, is this enough? Do we want do we want that called on the defense? Or I'm sorry, do we want that called on the offense when it looks like the defense has his his arms around the backside now? The other side, you don't you don't see that as well from this angle, because the only these are the only two shots of it that we got. But it sure looks like the defender has has is grabbing the offensive player. So, and I know you talked a little bit about it on air, but just in case or in case people missed your analysis, why would we be okay with an offensive pass interference on this when you've got that defender who who might be grabbing and restricting? Yeah, the, the defender steps in front, which he has a right to do. Uh, you know, he can contact that guy with legal contact uh, in the college game anywhere, as long as the ball's not in the air and it's being thrown to him. So the, the step in front and the contact, initial contact, was fine. Now, I'll be the first one to admit on the first views that I saw, and it wasn't until later, I didn't see the right hand of that defender. At the same time, though, the question I was asked on the air was, What's the receiver supposed to do when, you know, that guy steps into him like that? What's, what's, what's he supposed to do? And I said, well, he does have some options. He can just stop. He can take and cut left. He can cut right. He can pivot around. He can swim through it. But if he puts his hands back into the chest and pushes, that's offensive pass interference if the ball's not in the air and now the pass is thrown. So based on what the officials saw deep, he saw that push off. Uh, he didn't uh, just as I didn't see the hand, right hand up on the shoulder uh, with a potential hold there. Uh, he called what he saw with the push by the offensive man. The offensive man had the option to stop, swim through it, cut left or right, or turn around. So, 
if you look at, let's go back to, to this angle. I've got it stopped right at, at this point where you do see number six has got his, his right arm, you know, uh, basically grabbing the shoulder pad. You know, and there was a Mike Bilka from the chat room said that it looked like the offensive player went right into him. I don't know. We can go back to the wide shot. I don't know if I 100% agree with that. But if number six has him, you know, has got a hold of him right here, and now that offensive player to break free from that restriction pushes away, are we, do we have, you know, Two flags? Do we have one? Do we just want to let it? I mean, that's a, it's a valid question, though. It's like, who it caused is. the illegal act first? Or do we just kind of, I mean, do we go with, well, I, I don't know. We're just going to bygones be bygones. Well, I mean, how would, if you were the, you were the field judge. Now, I understand that this play was officiated a little differently. But we're going to say you're the field judge. You see that guy grab him. And now you see the guy just push off. And then, boom, we got this first down. How do you think you're going to rule? Well, uh, I'm going to tell you again. In the history of my career, especially at the Division One level, in the games I worked or the games that I was even aware of, I've never had, uh, you know, an OPI DPI or a defensive hold uh, OPI situation ever brought brought up. One gets called or the other gets called, or nothing gets called. You know, uh, there's an argument in this one, especially if the official took a second to look at it, that. The, did it impact the throw to the other receiver? Did, did any of this contact have an effect? Um, and that, that could be the debate there. But That was my next point. It's so funny because I'm going back to my next point was because, you know, even Mike said, you know, in the chat room that he ran right into him. But go, if you go back to it, go back to the video, I'm looking at this. And, and from the, the initial point, it's like, is this a pick play? Is this guy running a pick? Is he just trying to run a, a pattern? Is he looking to block this guy to, to free him? I, I don't think one is the other. I don't think they're – and, I mean, intent. That's a tough one for us as officials to kind of read intent. We just have to call what we see a lot of times. But I'm with you at that level. I don't know at that point in the game. Put it this way. At that point in the game, I want it to be that the grandmother in the top row can see it and everybody in the world is going to say, oh, yeah, that's OPI. I don't, I don't want to be having a discussion like this if we're splitting hairs – on a play of that of that caliber in a game like this, I mean I, that's just that's I'd, just my opinion. I'd tell you too that if that receiver cut the other way or went ran straight up the field, that then definitely no call. But that man cut right off of that man's hip there, and if that defender wanted to get off of that receiver he that he contacted, he was prohibited from doing that too. So, you know the the defender was put at a disadvantage. Uh, of breaking right off of that and get possibly getting to that receiver catching the ball. So, you know, no question a controversial call. And, you know, my comments in the Fiesta Bowl was against my, quote, old conference the, with Ohio State. And this my comments in the Rose Bowl went against uh, one of the old teams, Wisconsin and there. And there was a commentary made on one of the websites uh, by a reporter that, you know, I forget, obviously, I've forgotten where I worked, you know, like I had. I <laughs> like that matters. Loyalty. Loyalty yeah, like, from the booth. You, and you'd have thought I made both calls. You like know? that, Exactly. Like that matters. I mean, you're just, yeah. you're an analyst. You're looking yeah. at it and you see what you, and it's just like what I'm saying is that, you know, and it's, we're playing the Monday morning quarterback or this, in this instance, Wednesday evening quarterback. And we can uh, come back and say, all right, yeah, this is we maybe you shouldn't have called it. The guy was there. I give the field judge the credit. He called what he saw, and he stuck with it. So, you know, he was there. Benefit of the doubt goes to him. Absolutely. I'm just looking from a philosophy standpoint of, I mean, we want to, you know, our whole mantra, make it be there. And I think a lot of times in, in games like this or situations, we want it to be there. We want it to be clear. We don't want to be having a debate. Per se, I mean that doesn't mean it's all. It's not going to happen from time to time. But I just, that, I guess that's my point. It's just that, the, bam, go ahead. And, and not that every time somebody agrees with me, you know, does that solidify that I'm right or that? But I made the comments about it being offensive pass interference. And on the other side of the booth happened to be our outgoing rules, uh, our CFO coordinator, okay, and uh, CFO coordinator uh, lip sync to me correct offensive pass interference 
Now, that doesn't mean, again, just because the two of us agree on a call that we're both right. But it immediately to him jumped out that it was offensive pass interference. So, anyways, moving on to our next one. Now we're going to jump to the uh, the BCS National Championship game. And this wasn't a controversial call. Bill did come in and talk about this one, but we did, actually did have a couple emails on this from from all people of, of Stan. And uh, uh, we also had uh, um, another one of our new members who uh, emailed us and asked us to, to talk about this as well. So um, w- let's look at this play. And this is can, we can kind of talk a little bit of high school stuff here as well. So this play, there was no penalty on, on this, but we have this pass across the middle, and then we have a receiver who was hit pretty hard by, by a defender. Now, there was not a target, and as you can see in, in the replay, you know, the, the player was, was hurt uh, for a little bit. He actually, I think, just got the wind knocked out of him because he popped up, you know, he's kind of grabbing where you would get the wind knocked out of you, and he did run off the field. But you can see he's going up, and from the replay, there is no, it's not helmet to helmet, it's not crown to helmet, it's none of, it doesn't, doesn't qualify for a target in, in any shape or form. We've got, it looks like a, a, a good hit, but the question then becomes, you know, was this player defenseless and did the uh, defender have the opportunity to avoid the contact? Now, the high school rules are a little different than some of the college rules in regards to this, but I know that there's been some comments about was he playing the ball, was he not playing the ball, was he playing the man, and does this have an effect on do we call a penalty or not? Now, Bill, I know you know we've had some conversation about this play, and I know that you, you know, football's football, we still had hitting in football, and you really thought that this was an absolutely clean play and that you would not have had anything on this play regardless. I wouldn't have wanted it to be much later than that, but the timing of this, that hit occurs just as that man's foot starts to touch the ground. He was airborne trying to go up for the ball. That defender was coming in trying to break up a pass or you know, and make the contact on the receiver. And by the college game, at this point here, you can play the man. You don't have to play the ball. You have to play the ball in regards to pass interference situations. But on this play here, He's come in. He he actually did kind of come to a stop and brace with a shoulder, uh, but he did he. It was perfectly legal hit in the college game. Uh, this wasn't like a player was standing around doing nothing and he came up and hit him. This was a guy who was actively participating, trying to catch a pass. The defender was committed, and it's a good hit. So going back to it, we'll go back to it one more time. And and obviously the the, the guys in the chat room are are saying in high school this would be a UNR. I know we've talked with, with Mike before about some states want this stuff called a little differently because in the high school game, they, don't, they want you playing the ball, not the man, and a, and a call or a hit like this would want to be flagged for a UNR in, in many, or I know definitely in, in Connecticut. I look at it as that it's one of those where does the player have the opportunity to avoid the contact? And I think that's you know where the high school rule is unnecessary contact. Was that contact unnecessary on a defenseless player? And that's where the, 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 the tough judgment, I guess, comes in. Is like I have to make that decision as to whether or not it, it was uh, unnecessary. And it, on a high school game, I don't have a problem necessarily with this being called because I think you know we're, we're trying to get – the game becomes safer, making the game safer, and ultimately it is covered by the rules. If you if you felt that this contact was unnecessary, then you could you'd be supported by rule. But I think we got to be careful because, like to Bill's point, if the guy is already committed and the ball's in the air, he's already committed. He might not see the ball, and we have contact. It might be something to pass on because. He's already committed. We, we, I mean, we we have great athletes out there, and and this level, they're the best athlete, you know, close to the best, at least before they move to the next level. High school kids, do we really are we really expecting high school kids to have that much control of their body after they've already committed to now turn off it? I mean, could this guy have turned off it? Possibly, but uh, I think that's one of the things we also have to take into consideration when we judge a play like this. Would you Would you agree, Bill? I agree with that, and. You know, this ball is tipped. 
neither player, the receiver or the defender, neither one of them knows if it's been tipped straight up in the air or if it's tipped and it's still going past them. Again, this contact was so quick after after that tip. Uh, you you can't take away from the defender that he still has a right to break this thing up. Because uh, that receiver, if that would have been tipped straight up in the air, he, that receiver still would have had an opportunity to reach back for it or reach up for it and maybe make a catch. Well, and then this is the other thing. I want to go back to the play here real quick. We'll go wide on it, and we'll finish up. This is another one of those where replay, even though this isn't a catch, if I go slow motion replay right here, you're like, oh, that guy, he can turn? He can turn? Why is he not? Why is he hitting the guy? You know, um, replay is deceiving again because it looks like there's this, you know, infinite amount of time there. There's not. This is a – if you watch that receiver, he just came down and he is much braced. And what, I mean, where was he going to go? He just as much braced as he did anything. He didn't really follow through on that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's that old, you know, that replay fun thing again, you know, whatnot. So let's, uh, let's go to our next play. Um, this is also from the, uh, the BCS uh, national championship game. And this was a, a, a targeting call, and we'll go wide on it. And the targeting call was actually initiated from the replay booth, which for those of you who don't work college, you know, the, the college now can be, uh, the targeting can be uh, initiated from the replay booth. It doesn't have to be called on the field. So this one was initiated from the booth. You'll see that a couple times on this hit. You'll see it, uh, that was real time. And then you'll see a couple different angles and replays of this. And you, you see him go down, and there's another here's another view of it. And I think we get we'll get one more view of it, and then I'll pull uh, I'll pull Bill back in. Here you go. Here's another view. All right, Bill, going back to you on on this one. They also brought you in to talk about this play because it was it went to went to review, and then it was uh, made a targeting call, and the player was was disqualified. You uh, said on the broadcast that you agreed with that, and I'm, I'm sure you still do. Yeah, one of the things, when I, when they bring me in to talk about a call that's going to replay, I've always taken the position to say, Here, here's what I have, and here's what I'd call if I were replay, or here's what I'd call if I was on the field. And then if it happens to be that replay does the same thing I predicted, that's great. Uh, if they don't, I just have to be able to justify why I said what I said. So prior to replay coming out on this, I said this was a 913 crown of the helmet. And if, if we're talking about a crown of the helmet, technically from your head to your toes, you need to leave the man alone with the crown of your helmet with forcible contact. Now, I'll be the first one to say we're not going to call targeting if somebody gets hit in the toes. But if you're into that midsection upper body uh, with the crown of the helmet, forcible contact, you had an opportunity to keep your head up. You had an opportunity to do something else, and you chose not to do it. Uh, so I, I felt that this would be called targeting. It was called targeting, and I totally support the call on, on the field. Well, and let's go. The, let's go wide on, on what I where I the freeze frame where I'm at on this. You can see, you know, they talk about indicators at the NCAA level and whatnot, and and not, crown of the helmet, and not seeing what you're hitting. I mean, if you're the replay official. And you see this angle, I mean, right there, that's all you need, really. I mean, that, that's about, that's about the, the one shot you're going to see because you're, you see him, it's got the indicator, and you can see that the contact is, with, is, is clearly with, with the crown. And he's not into a wrap-up tackle where, you know, it's incidental contact. Uh, he's leading with the crown of the helmet, the head down. So, you know, I, I thought it was a good uh, – I can understand something like this being missed on the field by angles, uh, but uh, replay did a good job. Now, the, one of the arguments I heard was, well, the kid wasn't hurt. Why did replay even get involved in it? Uh, well, you know, it, it, they're not out there to be doctors on it. They're, they're out there to deem if it was forcible contact and was it 913 or 914. And – and so they did the job. But the other thing we need to remember about the 913 rule, crown of the helmet, is, is that that's as much there to protect the guy who did it as it is the guy who got hit. Uh, I've talked to too many uh, uh, orthopedic people 
who will tell you that when that type of a hit comes with the head down, that the vertebrae in the neck and the upper up just above the shoulders gets compressed, something awful. And if you're not injured by it today, you'll feel the aches and pains and the repercussions of that in a couple of years. That you're endangering yourself, let alone the person you're hitting. Okay, so that's an interesting comment. I'll throw the text number up there if, if you want to you know, jump in. I, we got some, you know, uh, the chat's going. If, if, if you are a member and logged in, you can chat. If you're not a member, you can uh, text us if you got a comment. But, Bill, that was, uh, it's very interesting that you said that because there were officiating experts on Twitter and others, you know, other sports pundits, we'll call them, saying that this rule in college football is one of the worst rules in all the sports. That a player like this, I guess this was like their number one linebacker and whatnot, has to be removed from the game, disqualified. And if they would have won, he wouldn't have been able to even been out there for their ceremonies or all like that. And that, and that this is such a huge call that it should not warrant a disqualification. Now, on a high school level, it doesn't necessarily warrant an automatic disqualification, um, but it could if it, if it rises to the flagrant level. This would have been a targeting in high school. Does it rise to the flagrant level? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it doesn't. But there was a talk when they put this rule in about four years ago now, I think it was, maybe five. When they put this rule in, they wanted to try to lower the contact zone and get the head out of the game because the game of football is in danger. And I find it interesting that all these people are saying out there, even officiating experts, are saying that this is a, a, a terrible rule because it's – I don't know if it's done what it was meant to do. I don't know if, 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 the, if they have lowered their contact zone, if we've had just as many targeting calls in the past years as others. Are we calling it more because we're seeing it more? If we're giving replay more opportunity to see it? I don't, under, I don't understand, but they have to change this. And I don't think people understand that the reason the rule is there is because in 10 years, if they keep doing this, there will not be football. So you won't even have anything to complain about on Twitter that this rule is terrible because you won't have football. Everybody's feeling sorry for the guy who gets disqualified from the game. And, you know, and there's a little bit of me that here's what they're saying. But you know what? What about the as the rule was put in, and it's actually been about eight years because I've been off the field six and we had it for two years that I was on the field. Um, what about the guy who's getting hit? What about the guy who's being sent to the locker room concussed and he's not going to play anymore today? Everybody's worried about this kid who did it, you know. Oh, the poor kid's out of the game. Well, I think these kids can make split-second decisions to, to avoid dipping the head, uh, to avoid coming in on a defenseless player. And – and so I don't feel sorry that they get disqualified from a game. Now, where the issue probably really comes in is, are we consistent on this call, on the field and in replay? And that's one of the reasons they took the stands out of it. Uh, they didn't want to stands because of the inconsistencies to have a player disqualified. So if replay can't confirm it now, the targeting call goes away. So, you know, in a little bit, there there is a break. So, you know, it's got to be a confirmed call. If it's a confirmed call, you're done. Um, so let's quit feeling sorry for the kid who did it and start feeling sorry and more concerned about the kid who's getting hit. Well, that's a good point, and I, I agree with that. Has there ever been any consideration of, okay, so like in basketball, they've got like flagrant one, flagrant two, where, you know, they look at the replay and they determine – all right, it was a flagrant foul, so you get a technical foul, or if a flagrant two or whatever, now, or maybe it's the NBA, I don't know. Now you, you get tossed because it, it rose to a, a level that we felt was, was flagrant. Same in high school. So we got high school now where we don't have the, a lot of times the, the, the use of replay to determine, even if we have replay like in Alabama, I don't think they can determine this type of stuff. But if we're going to rise to a level of like a flagrant foul, would you ever – See the, the NCAA maybe doing something like that where they'll have – I know it's just going to add another layer, layer of complexity, but where they would have like a, a, a system of, of – a tiered system where, okay, that was a targeting, but it wasn't a flagrant targeting, so now 
we're going to leave, leave the person in the game. Because, you know, we've talked about this before. We've talked about a lot of our you videos. Want, like, you want oh. it to be like our, our court systems then, where you have, you, have to get, you have to get arrested for the third time with a weapon before, we, you know, but we'll let you out for a while. Well, I mean, this, I mean we, we, we got to keep the game safe. I mean, we need, what we need is we need more coaches like Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern, who that first year took the bull by the horns with his players. And I was at the meeting, and and he and we showed the first potential targeting call, and sixty-five kids erupted in boos and eyes and wow. And Pat Fitzgerald stopped the meeting and said, "If Bill's going to show us any more clips, I don't want to hear any more cat calls. I don't want to hear any hooting and hollering." He said, "We're not going to play football that way, and I pray our opponents don't play football against us that way." Because he said, "I don't want to be in a hospital room on Saturday night." telling your mother why you're going to spend the rest of your life in a wheelchair. So let's look at some more film. Let's ask good questions. But we can't afford to play football that way. And Northwestern got called for a targeting call that year. And another school I went to, the coach, the players had the same response. And the coach just went, ah, it's just football. Come on, Bill, it's just football. They got called for targeting six times that year. So – who made? Who had the influence and the impact on a teachable moment? Pat Fitzgerald did. The other coach threw it out the window. But if more people took charge of their teams like he did, coaches will have the biggest influence. And Fitzgerald also said to his team, you get thrown out of a game, we're going to find out how good your backup is. And if your backup does the job, now you're the backup. So, again, teachable moment. Coaches, take charge of your players. You can change this environment. Not the officials, right? But Bill, people obviously there's influences that that the public or coaches or or whoever have because they change the target. They keep changing and adjusting the targeting rule, for, so like making it that it had to be confirmed on replay and not just stands, so that way that player can stay in the game because everybody was was freaking out about that. You know where where they when they started it was like we don't care. We'll take the benefit of the doubt that that they did commit targeting to try to make the game cleaner. So obviously, you know, and, and I don't, I, I brought that up because I think that, I guess you said it was eight years ago, they should have learned. Why haven't they learned? And that's the, like, like you said, it, maybe it's coaching. Well, I don't know what, what it is, but ultimately I wouldn't, you got to make everybody happy at some point. And, and I know this is going to be an issue off season because there were a couple big time disqualifications <laughs> And people are, were ticked off about it. And I don't disagree that they should have been disqualified based off of the rule and also based off of the safety of players. I'm with you 100%. But I just look at it as that, is there a way? At high school, we don't, we don't disqualify. We don't eject right away. And a lot of the reasons is because we're, it's a different caliber of officials. And that doesn't mean there's not great officials at the high school level. There's just different levels of accountability. And so they didn't want to put that in. They were afraid that too many high school officials were going to be tossing kids left and right. But I'm telling you right now that I, I'm not afraid in a high school game, if I believe something to be flagrant, that, to say that's a flagrant fall. But I also understand that in high school, sometimes these kids don't have the same control over their bodies and may dip their head and not mean to do it. I can't tell you what the, what the correct answer could be, except I think that if we – if we back off of what we're doing in college football uh, and put it to a review after the game or, or and things like that, we're 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 going to open a Pandora's box for more more injuries, more things, you know. Unless you want to put a thing in there that says, "All right, it's a 15-yard penalty, you can stay in the game. We'll review it afterwards, and if it turns out it's targeting, you're going to sit out two games." You know? That's a, that's that's not a bad idea. I mean, you know, but. Same time, my starting quarterback's out of the game now, and your guy gets to play, and your guy knocked my guy out of the game. Yeah. Well, no, you're right. It's just, it's just an interesting one. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what they do with it. I think I, I'm, I'm interested to see what the high school does with it. I think they'll probably keep it the same, but we'll know more as we move forward. We're we're feeling sorry for the felon, not the, not the well, person who. That's what, but I'm not, I don't feel sorry for anybody. I'm just telling you, that's what, I mean, you should have seen the, the comments out there. I know, I've seen them. I've seen them. And I've and heard coaches, I've heard coaches 
say, oh, that's terrible to throw in the but guy it's, out of the game. I saw a comment from a, a quote-unquote officiating expert in the NFL who said it's the worst rule ever. I mean, give me a break. Terry McCauley, want to uh, look up his Twitter? The, the NFL's got a lot worse rules overall than any, any targeting rule in college. They got some of the weirdest things in the world. Well, right, but it's a professional game. So. Another night, another topic. Exactly. Right. We'll move on. We're going to move on to our next play here. Uh, you know, so, so many plays, so little time. All right, so our, our next play, we're going to go wide on it. This is also uh, from the BCS Championship game. And uh, this was a, 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 a pylon play, which is, uh, you know, this is – it's nice because this does – can kind of relate to the high school game because the deep wings are deep. So if you were working a high school – they're, they're in the back of the end zone. So if you're working a high school game, this is your pylon play if you're a short, if you're, if you're working the line of scrimmage the whole way. So this, I love this play. So we got this little pass here, and we got our, our, our short wing, our head linesman in great position. You're going to get a couple of different views of this. I mean, the nice thing, like I said, because of uh, this being the national championship game, there were like 15 cameras on this. And it's, you, see the, you see that angle, you see this angle. And it's like, where's the ball? And it, it gets better because right there you see now you just got to know where the ball is. This, this angle doesn't tell us where, where the ball is. But these refs were wearing, were wearing cameras. And I've tried to wear a camera before, and usually your head's bouncing around, and, and you, can't, you can't see anything on it. But if you look here, this is the ref cam. And right there, that's where he stops. That's where, he, that's where his, he's out of bounds. The ball looking right down the goal line. Ref cam, you see up here, ESPN ref cam. That's your, that's your money shot. That's the shot that tells you that you, you can confirm this. Now, now, Bill, you are on the broadcast, and this is one of those where you said, confirm this. I mean, it was so funny. You came on the broadcast, and you said, confirm it. And they said stance. Can they not use the uh, ref cams and the? Uh, do they don't get that shot? They should have got it. Uh, they have access to all those. Uh, whether they did or not, I don't know the answer to that. But um, the when we saw that view on it, and I would think if they're showing it on TV, that one of the one of the uh, uh, TVs in the replay booth would have had it. But uh, they went uh, they went stands on it. Uh, it's a confirm. This is a touchdown. Period. Uh, what, and, and the other thing that replay has the ability on, you showed that one shot from the back of the end zone. Um, the instant that foot touches, just like on the hat cam, you can freeze frame it. Now, you can't tell where the ball is on that, but on a quad shot on their screen, they can have these things sync so they're perfectly in time. So the instant or even the instant before the foot actually touches out of bounds, freeze it. Now you can take that shot and the one that's equally timed from the goal line, and you're going to see that the ball's over a third of the ball at least is over the goal line. Um, so it should have been confirmed as a touchdown. So I'm assuming they did not see the shot. Yeah. Okay. So let's go. Let's go back to the the play. I've got it frozen from that shot that you were talking about from the end zone where you can't tell, but. I want to talk about this because this is a great opportunity from, to talk rules. Now, we saw the side shot, so we know where the ball is. We know the ball is breaking the plane based off of the headlinesman cam, for lack of, a, lack of a better term. Looking at the ball right here. Now, Bill, I'm going, to play, I'm going to play a hypothetical here. Let's talk goal line and extended goal line. So, Bill, you see this play, you see this play, and you see the ball. Now, what if the ball is on the other side of the pylon and he's stepping out of bounds do you get goal line extended there he's a runner he's not an airborne player he's not a diver uh he's a runner uh feet are still on the ground running he gets the goal line extended so i that's the nice thing on this one um it doesn't matter he's going to get it extended now if he were airborne uh then we're going to take and say it's got to be over inside the pylon Okay, it's just a good one, just kind of a good thing to talk about. Now, we're now going to go back to the play, and, and Mike stole my thunder here, but I guess you can kind of see it in, in the background. And actually, Kurt Herbstreit pointed this out, but it really wasn't talked about that much. So we're going to go uh, and, and focus in. Back to, we'll go back to the play. Ignore the circle. Um, we're, we're going to watch up to the top of the screen here 
right there. And we've got this and we've got a catch and there you go. Now you get another shot of it here. Uh, I think right here, you're going to get another shot of it from the, uh, from the end zone. You're going to see him right through here. You're going to see this and then boom. Now, Bill, Kurt Herbstreit brought this up. It was kind of glassed over. Sometimes that happens on broadcast because they got to move on to the next thing. Did we miss an OPI here? Oh, big time. Yeah, no question. Because the pass crossed the line of scrimmage. It was touched about two yards, two or three yards down uh, across the line. Yeah, this was missed. Uh, Should have been an OPI call. So the thing to remember is when we get down by the goal line, Headlinesman was, was great in great position, and he was able to rule on the goal line. But whether you're working with seven or five, you got to remember everything's compacted, and this is when these type of plays are going to happen. We have to have our radar up. And so, you know, I'm going to go back to the, to the first shot of it. You know, if you look at it from a high school standpoint, if you only have five officials, who's got, you know, what, what keys are what, you know, a lot of times, you know, the strength of formation Looks like the strength of formation is to the top of the side because you got you got one, two, three, and you only got two over here. So that means our back judge is probably going to be keen on the end in the high school game, or maybe that if you in some states it might be the headlinesman. Either way, and then somebody's got number two. Most likely, the headlinesman's got number two in this uh, on this one. And so this is one of those where he would have had number two in this one as well to see what that guy is is doing, but. Who makes the block? Number one makes the block. So our back judge or our field judge, in the high school game, it would have been the back judge most likely. In, in this game, it should have been our side judge, I should say, since that's the headlinesman, should have seen this, should have gotten a look on this. So as back judges in high school game in five or in college, we've got to keep our antennas up when we get down there so we, we don't misplace. Because we've talked about this before on, on many broadcasts that when you're going to see a pick play, this is where it's most likely going to happen near the goal line. You, you would agree with that, Bill, right? Make two is I hope people noticed where that wing official started off. He was at the back of the white. And that's something that we're doing more and more is working that far off the field. Because if the play comes your way, especially where you have limited space near a goal line, you don't want to become part of the play or be moving back to get out of the way. So I like this uh, wing official's mechanics right from the snap uh, and throughout the play. You don't, matter of fact, on some of those shots from the end zone, you don't even see him. He's that far back. Well, and that's, that's a good point because it, it go, we'll go, let's go back to this shot, the shot that we said was our money shot, and that's one of the reasons why, work, why working deep also helps because you're going to be able to see the foot and the ball. If you're on top of this one, your head's going to be moving and you're going to miss, you're going to miss this. You're not going to get that snapshot. So, so that's a good point. Would have liked to, for them to get the OPI, but it is what it is. We'll move on to our final, our final play of the night, which is uh, this came from the, uh, the, the CarQuest Bowl or one of, those, one of the bowl games. I, I forget exactly which one. But let's go, let's go wide on this one. And you're going to see, this is near the end of the game. I'll set this, for those of you who don't know, this is near the end of the game. There's only like 10 seconds left or something like that. And, and uh, you know, it's still a competitive game. We got this play, this play here, and then the quarterback isn't very happy with what number 38 says to him. So he gives him a little shot. Center judge gets in, and then the center judge gets popped. And uh, so, you know, now we got a little bit of a, of a melee and a couple more flags, and, and there we go. So... I'm going to watch it again. You're going to see, you know, there's just, this is all, this tends to be all like verbal. You know, not, this is like a late hit or anything, and this is a verbal, something said verbal, and now, now the, uh, the center judge gets, gets hit. So here's the thing that, you know, and, and, you know, it's one of those interesting plays because we are officials. We're not wearing mat, face masks. We're not wearing helmets. We're not wearing shoulder pads. And, you know, Bill... <laughs> we're, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a big guy. I mean, I know you're you're, you're kind of a, a good guy. You know, you, I know you don't have the guns like everybody is showing these days. You know, I love how they're like, I need to come out here with like the the tight shirt so I can like look like this because that's what seems like that seems to be the thing everybody's doing. 
But we're not, we're out there just to officiate. And if we put ourselves in harm's way sometimes, this type of, of, of event can happen. Obviously, we want to try to break things up. But we need to keep our head on a swivel and make sure we don't become part of the play and just be the arbitrators, as they say. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd agree. The, the, the thing I've always said is that if you can get there when the temperature's going up, do it. But once we've hit the point where it's boiling water, uh, just take your game card out and your pen and start writing numbers down. I'm not getting in between these guys if it's already started. Um, you know, on this particular one with the slap the quarterback made at that guy or the hit, it looked like, I think, to the center judge, it looked like he had time to get in there and get this guy back. But obviously this quarterback was still out of control, um, and he was hit. The thing I felt sorry for was all the officials rushed in to break players up, and they left this poor official laying on the field for for 30 seconds to a minute. You know, nobody was nobody was protecting him. You know. Yeah, he's he was okay. He's he's just a center judge. We don't we don't need him. We need to break this play up. Um, I think the the biggest point on on this for everybody is that to Bill's Bill's point is excellent. You know. Take down numbers. You don't want to. You don't want to necessarily get in and break stuff up because it, it. You can put yourselves in harm's way if you've got an opportunity to catch it before it gets to a melee. All right. And I mean, I've been. I'm guilty of this just like anybody else. I want to go in there and I want to prevent it from being a bigger mess than it might already be. But this can happen. And it was. I don't think this player wasn't trying to hit the official. He absolutely wasn't. It was an inadvertent. I mean, it doesn't matter. He's still gone. But but it, it, you just, that can happen. And we all want to go to work on Monday because a lot of this is our, especially at the high school level, this is our avocation. We do this for fun. So we want to wake up Monday morning and go to work. We don't want to be in the hospital. We don't have a concussion. We don't want to have anything like that happen. So do our best to try to keep our distance. You know, if we, get, if we need to get involved, get involved, but try not to become a, a casualty of, of war. Now, I will tell you, Bill. This is what this is what I always would. My one of my favorite things walking up to the trainer, and I would say to the trainer, I go, "Okay, trainer, here's your test to see if you can stay here. Official goes down, player goes down. Who do you go to first? And they better say the official. You know, you better come to me first. But it's funny because I did have one game where my actual doctor was on the sideline, like my actual orthopedic doctor. And I walked up to him and I said, you have to come to me first because I'm your patient. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen to anybody. We don't we want any, like, anything like that. But it's good to be aware of your surroundings and not get involved so that way you don't become a center judge and you're laying on the ground, you know, whatever. And then while your buddies, go try to break up the fight. Well, I'm a, I'll, I'm a devil's advocate this one. Are you going to press charges on this kid after the game? Oh... I don't think so. I mean, I think if if the, if the player comes up and whacks me, like clear as day, yeah. But this one, I wouldn't. I would think that this was this was I put myself in the line of fire, so I I would not press charges on this one if I felt he was it was the action was trying to be directed at the other at the other player. Um, I'm surprised, you know. One of the things that, and this could, this is go down a, a, a Pemrose path, as they say, or whatever, is that why we're responsible during pregames for any melees. I think the cops should be out there because those are criminal acts. You know, take those kids to jail. If they start beating each other up before the game, it would be no different if they were beating each other up in the uh, comments. You know, they're going to go to jail. But on a football <coughs> field, the officials get in trouble. It's just, it just uh, doesn't make any sense. But, no, I don't think I'd, I'd, I'd press charges. Uh. Would you? No. no. I just thought, you know, there'll be some out there that will, but I, I'd stir, say no. You want to stir the pot. That's what you want to do. Yeah. All right. Sure. Well, I'm guess a, what? I'm Our time is yeah, up. Media. I'm media. I'm supposed to stir the pot. Exactly. Our time is up. So I want to thank everybody who's out there watching. Um, I appreciate everybody who jumped in. If you were out on this, uh, like I said, in the preview, please sign up. Sign up and you can listen to these and join all the fun that we do. We start next uh, month again, once a month until July, and then we're going to go every week until October. So this is great. We, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. You, put, you could be watching this as a, on a recorded version. 
please sign up, mibtonline.com, $39 a year or $59 if you want our insurance package. Lots of good stuff. You, you get the Bill Amania Best Practices videos. You get our clinic. You get all our other educational stuff direct to you. You get, you get um, uh, actually, uh, you, get off, uh, you get some off on merchandise. In fact, I'm going to throw up the merchandise. I, I almost forgot. We've got shirts. So if you want a shirt, I promise some people some shirts. If you want a shirt, you can email me, Tim at mibtmedia.com, or, or go ahead and text, throw up the, the number, Alex. So that way, if you want a shirt, let me know. We'll get, we'll get it out to you. So I want to appreciate everybody. I apologize for my panelists who weren't able to join, Robert, Stan, and Mike, but we'll get those guys on next time. Bill Lemonnier, hey, thank you so much. You get some time off now. Um, well, maybe, unless they want you to come to Bristol and start talking about rule. You never know. No, not nothing for a month or so. So right, I'll get a little time. Go. Well, you'll hopefully you'll be back with us next month. Uh, I am Tim Kiefer. Like, like I said, you can always get a hold of us at the text or uh, on our website, mibtonline.com. I want to thank Alex over there behind the fake curtain. Um, he's got his Alex cam. Ah, yeah, Alex cam. There is Alex cam. So Alex cam is there. He's in the control room. All the buttons. Till next month, we will see you then for MIBTOnline.com. I'm Tim Kiefer. Have a great night.